This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And I'm Christina. And this is The Talking Dead number 289, recorded on Thursday, November the 3rd, 2016. Uh, as you know, we are running a day behind this week. That's why it's Thursday and not Wednesday, because we did the main show on Tuesday instead of Monday. Yeah. Halloween got in the way. Halloween and traveling back from Walker Stalker Con. So how did you feel about Walker Stalker Con? Did you have a good time? I loved it. Yeah, it's pretty fun, eh? Yeah. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how fun it was going to be. I was just like, my expectations were, I don't know. I just, I didn't know what to expect, right? Um, that would be never, a bunch of nerds hanging around. Yeah, kind of. I Because mean, that's like. <laughs> that sounds what, so bad. That's what you think of me. But I, <laughs> well, I always think of that, and I've told you this, that Saturday Night Live sketch with, uh, what's his name? Oh my God. William Shatner. Yep. It's from like the seventies or eighties and he's standing there at a Star Trek convention and he goes, I'd like to thank you all for coming out, but just got to say, get a life. I mean, come on, you guys are such nerds. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess I had this weird preconceived notion. I wasn't sure what to expect, but I was pleasantly surprised. It's a bunch of nice people. Really nice people. I met some great people. I had so much fun. And like, I think that was one of my favorite parts of the conference was meeting a bunch of people that you had met previously, like that you were friends with mm -hmm. and like partying with them and getting to know them and just having a great time with them. Yeah. Um, I think if I had just gone as an attendee, I wouldn't have liked it as much. Like, I think the fact that you know, you were doing panels. And so I had sort of almost like a insider edge in a way. <laughs> um, I think it made, it made the experience more enjoyable than yeah. if I just attended and been waiting in all those lineups. I mean, I was still waiting in lineups to get, see, that's the thing. Chris had a staff badge, but even with that, I had to wait in long lineups for my photo ops. Um, as some of our listeners probably saw in, um, Facebook, I had a photo op with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He did not take his shirt off, people, unfortunately. I didn't have a moment to tell him that, to ask him to do that. Because I was basically <laughs> waiting, and I'm I'm giving, this is just for our listeners who've never been and who are thinking of going. This is just kind of like forewarning you. You're going to be in a lineup for like over an hour for a photo op. For the popular ones. For the popular I, ones, yeah. And and even even those though move pretty fast a lot. I when I did mine, I did most of the photo ops I did were in New York last year. Yeah. I don't feel like I waited in line that yeah, long. That was New York. That's a smaller one. It's smaller, it? but still, like people are. It was uh, Norman Reedus. Yeah. And and I did uh, Herschel Glenn and, and, and now, Maggie. Glenn and Maggie was from a previous year, I think. I don't think that was last year. Obviously, because the beard is different. <laughs> well, and also you don't have Sophie with you in that yeah, photo. No, yeah. Um, but I yeah, I mean, like, no, I mean, it was well worth it. It's just you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then they get you to the like front of the line and they're like, Okay, everything you don't want in the photo off on the table, go through, boom. And like so I walk into the room and I literally it was two seconds. I walk up, Jeffrey D. Morning's Morgan's standing there. And he's like, hi. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like putting on a voice, but it's like. No, that's how he sounds. In yeah, real life. he did. No, he doesn't. Know. 
<laughs> and I mean, very charming smile. And he immediately just grabbed me in a big bear hug, which was kind of funny. Like I, I had been standing in line listening to some of these women talk about, oh, I hope I get to hug him. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I'll get to hug him. I wonder how it works. Nope. I didn't even have to think about it. He just grabbed me in a big bear hug, quick smile at the camera, boom, I'm out. And like, I was convinced that I would have a deer in the headlights look in the photo and it would look God awful. And it actually looked really good, but I was, I was worried because I was like, what, what's going on? Um, and then I also got Steven Yoon's, uh, like a, a photo op with Steven Yoon because I was just so distraught about Glenn. Mm-hmm. Still am. Um, and I was kind of sad about that one because I had to rush to the front of the line because I was in the wrong line. I was in, I was in, in the VIP line. I went running and in my rush, I just ran in quickly posed with him he just put his arm around me like we said hi posed out and i was like i wanted a hug from glenn i wanted to hug him (laughs) and so as i left the photo op i was actually welling up like i was like oh god i can't believe it i really screwed it up just now i actually wanted a hug from him i needed to feel better about everything it's all right you got your arm and the photo and i think i think that steven you and i looked pretty cute together personally yeah. but you know. no your your pictures looked really good yeah so that that worked out great um but like yeah otherwise highlights i mean it was really cool um you know we met greg nicotero talked to him for a bit mm-hmm. funny story did you tell the listeners what had happened with sophie no not really so our daughter spent most of that weekend, pretty much the whole weekend, barfing. Yeah. Um, and our very dear friends, Sarah and Chad, were looking after her, well, both girls and their own kids. And I just felt so awful, even though Sarah assured me, oh, my God, don't worry about it. So I said, we have to get them something awesome. And Chris was like, we should get them an autographed photo, but we should get whoever writes it to write, dear Sarah and Chad, sorry about all the barfing. I'm like, oh my God, that's genius. I love it. So we were going to get Stephen Yoon, but the lineup for his table was so ridiculous. And it was Sunday morning. We were leaving that day. We had to catch a plane. So we're humming and hawing. And then when he meant, Chris mentioned Greg Nicotero, I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. And if anyone's going to sign it, sorry about all the barfing. I think Nicotero is perfect for that mm-hmm. because, you know, he he's the effects guy. He's the director, whatever. So we got him to add a little extra thing to that autograph, though. It was, sorry about all the barfing, dot, 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 and Glenn. <laughs> and our friends loved it. They I were, think so. I think they really liked it. I think they really appreciated it. I hope so. Sarah's hope probably so. going to listen to this. Yeah, so. I hope so. I hope she's not sitting at home going, she's saying that's like, the oh. worst gift ever. Yeah, like, why'd they give this? Yeah. And it has what a I, zombie in the photo. Like, what's up with that? What am I going to do with this? <laughs> Anyway, hopefully they liked it. Um, so that was cool meeting him. We met Jesus. Tom, Tom Payne. Yes. I know. I know what he's called, what his name is. Okay. Uh, I just call, like to call him Jesus. Um, and then, funny story, we were sitting at the bar on the Saturday night. I told people about this. Oh, I said Michael, Michael Emerson, Emerson came to our listener oh meetup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't there for that. But he was there. Yeah. And I was like, I need to talk to him. And Chris was like, no, no. And I'm like, I want to talk to him. I really want to talk to him. And he's like, no. But then you gave us a little in, yeah, yeah. which was perfect. I did. And then we have a, had a lovely chat and he's such a nice guy. So that was that was really cool. 
Look at me. I'm such a fangirl, like just listing off all the cool celebrity experiences. But so you had a good time. I had a great time. And I I really liked meeting, you know, like I liked meeting Melissa Hutchison. Yep. The voice of Clementine. She's Mm -hmm. lovely. And super nice. I met Grace, who does uh, it's under the covers. Under the comic covers. Under the comic covers podcast. Yeah. Grace is awesome. I'd met Jason Cabassi before. From the but, Walking Dead yeah. cast, friend. Yes. And we hung out with him a fair bit, too. So it was fun. Like, really fun, nice people to meet. And then all the people that came to our meetup, thank you so much for coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter, right? Yeah, I Hunter listed them Hunter and Lady. <laughs> okay, well, I was going to list them all off again, but... <laughs> it's fine. It was great meeting you all. It was fun. It was really good. Y'all, as they say down in Georgia. Everybody does. I, like... I loved that about Georgia. Everyone's like, y'all. I'm like, oh, I want to go back to Toronto and say y'all to everyone. But I'm going to sound like a moron if I do that. No, you, that's not what you mean. You mean that you'll sound out of place. I'll sound out of place. I right. mean, that's, but that's what I mean. Like a moron in Toronto acting like I'm from the South when oh, I'm not. Okay, maybe. That's what I mean. All right. Like not, not that people from Georgia are morons. They're not. <laughs> You're just I, digging yourself Oh, in my hole. God. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I digress, but (laughs) no, and all your panels also were very enjoyable. Yeah, my panels were fun. The Jay Bonnet and Singa panel was great, listening to a read. Anyway, I could just go on and on all night about how much fun it was, but I'll just tell the listeners, if you've ever thought of going, definitely consider going. It's super fun. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. They had a great Halloween party on the Saturday. Um, Just a fun time all around. And overall, like even just... Other at- attendees, like you'll just talk to random people in lineup and everyone's super friendly because yeah. they're all there for the same reason. The thing about Walker Stalker Con is, you know, it's getting bigger and it's growing, but it's still comparatively a lot smaller than a lot of Comic Con, certainly a lot smaller than the big ones like New York and San Diego and probably smaller than some of the others that are just around the country as well. Um, but you... You will, you know, end up spending money and you will yeah. end up standing in lineups and stuff because yeah. there are thousands of people there to see um, uh, Norman Reedus and and some of the bigger actors and Andrew so on. Lincoln but, and, uh, you know, yeah. I think I think a pro tip for Walker Stalker Con is buy a VIP pass. Or even higher. There's gold and platinum. There are, but those get very expensive. The VIP pass is still kind of affordable buy that and then go early on you know whatever days you're going to go because they let vips in earlier yeah like an hour and a half earlier yeah up to an hour and a half earlier sometimes and try to be first early and then not all the actors will be there but if there's somebody you want to meet you can at least get in line get in the front of the line so when they do get there you you know you'll be through a little quicker or like us when we were there on sunday morning early uh tom Payne, there was no lineup yeah we basically walked right up to him and met him and he's only going to get more popular yeah and he was super nice yeah really really nice such a nice guy and cool beard yeah cool beard (laughs) um but that's all i'm I'm kind of i'm kind of bummed that i didn't get to actually go to steven yoon's um house table oh <laughs> house yeah i was just gonna go visit him at his house yeah no um at his table um in retrospect when i think about it i kind of would have preferred to do that over the photo op because i would have had a few more minutes to talk 
Uh, yes, you you would have, him, but you would but... have stood in line a lot longer because of that. Yeah, probably extra interaction time. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, you know the other stuff we did there, like going to Sonoy and um. Oh yeah, that's right. That was we cool. We didn't talk. Oh, we Jason didn't talk and I didn't that. really talk about our Sonoy trip because he and I went there yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and you and I went this time. Yeah. So it, that was that fun, was eh? fun. Like seeing all the different areas, seeing the alley where. Nicholas died, you know, yeah. dumpster scene. Yeah, yeah. Not in Sonoy, but... Not in... That was Hampshire? Hampton. Hampton, Hampton Georgia. Hampton, Georgia. Um, Terminus, which was sort of in Atlanta as well. Mm-hmm. We only saw it from the distance. Um, same with Alexandria. Well, which... Alexandria is in Sonoy. And actually, tell the story about the guy that we talked to there. No, just one that of the guys, cool. one of the guys that's a partner in Nick and Norman's, the restaurant where we had lunch. And he's Canadian. Yeah, he's from Toronto and uh, he moved down there and, and has been uh, investing in the area. And he lives in the part of town that they have walled off as Alexandria, mm-hmm. which is really neat. Yeah. And so he was telling us about being able to like sit on his porch and watch them film as long yeah. as he's not in the shot or his house isn't in the shot, of course. So he can sit there at night. He said he was sitting there the night they uh, they filmed the scene where Daryl lit the lake on fire yeah. last season. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So sounds kind of like a pretty cool thing. Like, I understand how some people might get annoyed by all the attention or having their town walled off and being under such security. But I guess there's some perks, too. And I think you and I, the same thing was going through our head when he said, oh, and I can sit on my porch and watch them film. We were both kind of like, oh, maybe he'll invite us back to his house. Well, that would be so cool. Well, no, because they won't, the security <laughs> won't no, let you anywhere near no. that part of the town, uh, like especially inside the wall, unless yeah. you are, unless you have a special pass. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking maybe he'll, uh, he'll say, why don't, why don't you come on in with me? I'll, I'll give you a little short tour around. Yeah. But didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, security wouldn't even let you cross, cross the, the street road there. They, he yelled, the yeah. They yelled at a woman who had crossed the street. Hey, you can't do that. Like, yeah. Whoa. Um, I actually want to, uh, thank one of the listeners on Facebook pointed out a photo we'd posted of Chris in front of Alexandria. A listener noticed, Hey, this, Hey is that a walker over your right shoulder? And I was like, oh my God, it looks exactly like a walker over your right shoulder. Did you put that on Facebook? I had posted on Facebook. Okay. And um, on our, um, on the podcast page and one of, don't you remember you pointed out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the listeners, I don't, I'm sorry if I can't remember your name right now, but you pointed out, oh, that looks like a walker over Chris's in behind Chris's shoulder there. I'm like, oh my God, it totally does. Uh, maybe was it cool. was. Could have been an extra for all we know. No, I zoomed. It was some guy like walking along looking at his oh. iPhone, but whatever. Well, walkers look at phones yeah. when they're not on. Yeah, when they're true. Not shooting. He might have been a walker, but who yeah. knows? All right. So Walker Soccer Con is awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'll be back to one at some time in the future. Well, so will I. And you too, I maybe. I definitely want to go again. All right. Well, we've been going for... 16 minutes oh my now God. already so i just gotta shut up no no no. it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's a good time so we want to get to our listener feedback for season two episode seven and we're going to do that right now listener feedback all right so we're going to start off with a bunch of calls here and then we'll get into the emails our first call comes from michael in adelaide australia g'day this is michael of adelaide australia wow 
So I know we can't have premiere episodes like we had last week, every week, but what a disappointment the second episode was. It was just a nothing episode. I thought they just spent way too much time on character on character development. What are your thoughts, guys? And personally, what are they doing with Carol? She was one of my favourite characters on the whole show, and now she's nothing. She's lost her heart, she's lost her soul, she's lost everything that made her Carol. Again, thoughts, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Michael. So... First thing I want to say is it sounds like he's Michael's in the bath, maybe. Yeah, it, it, I heard water. <laughs> there was water. Or he swishing, was washing the dishes. Doing dishes, maybe. That's, what, that's where... Uh, or watering that's the That's where I thought what I was thinking first. I don't know. I, I, or, or floating in the ocean. He's in Adelaide, Australia. There's ocean there, right? Uh, um, I, we, I, I'm going to try not to think of you in the bath, though, Michael. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Um Anyways, um, too much too much character development in this episode. Mm. The the thing I would have to say about that is that this was yes a very uh, talky sort of episode, mm-hmm. but they're introducing a new character, a new big important character who I think is going to stick around on the show for a while. So they wanted to take the opportunity to introduce him, explain what he's all about, yeah. and um, and just give you a chance to get to know him quickly rather than sort of spread it out over a bunch of episodes. Yeah. And I think the, I think the point of this episode also was to give the viewers a break sure. from last, because even um, at going back to the conference um, at the panel with Greg Nicotero and um, Jeffrey D. Morgan that we went to mm-hmm. Greg Nicotero, even someone asked, I believe it was actually Jason who asked him, on stage is the rest of the season going to be as heavy as the first one? Like, is it going to be really dark? And he said, well, I can tell you all now that the second episode is going to be a lot lighter. Mm -hmm. It's in fact, the closest thing we have to a comedy. So I was sort of fully prepared for this episode to be something lighter. So I was, I wasn't disappointed with this episode. I actually found parts of it were kind of comedic. Like, the there's scene, a little bit of funniness. Yeah. Well, the f- scene with um, there's it's like there's a musical sequence and and Carol's like you see her going along with in the there's a mo- there's a training yeah, there's a montage, montage yeah cut with, with thieving Carol yeah, stealing Carol stuff. and and she just like goes along and you see the knife on the table and you exactly you know exactly what's about to happen they've set it up and suddenly you see her hand dart out and grab the knife yeah so I thought that was quite funny. Um, so, I mean, I get what Michael's saying in terms of, yeah, like compared to the first episode, it was quite, you know, not much of an episode. It was kind of a nothing episode, but I really felt it was the break I needed after the first episode. I just felt drained after that episode. Yeah, yeah. They, knew, it, they knew they needed to give people a yeah. break. And, and I wouldn't call it a nothing episode. No, because I didn't. Yeah. I, I had some, some problems with Ezekiel, but... By the end, and I said this on uh, Tuesday, I guess, by the mm-hmm. end, it all sort of fell into place for me when he explains to Carol what he's actually doing. Yeah. And he's just putting this on because that he, he yeah, thinks people he's need a, the the leader, sort of. Well, it's like he said he's a bullshitter, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree. Like, I think it was a very good way of introducing Ezekiel. 
Right. But but it's it's hard to swallow at first, which is the problem mm-hmm. when you see him sitting there doing his king act or his regal, you know, personality and the tiger and all that stuff. It's it's a it's difficult to take. But then I felt the explanation for it was uh, was valid. It sort of filled in the holes a little bit and it worked mm-hmm. for me. So, yeah. All right. Next call is Angie in Birmingham. Hi guys, it's Angie in Birmingham. Uh, just a bit of feedback on episode two. Um, just wanted to say how much I absolutely despised this episode. Couldn't stand it. Struggled to watch it. I didn't like the kingdom. I didn't think it translated well from the comic to the screen. Um, things like the armor looks kind of cool in the book. Looks super ridiculous on TV. Um, I didn't like the guy cast as Ezekiel. I'd have loved Dave Fenoy to get it. Um, last 10 minutes, he was winning me over a little, so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But to me, I just wasn't enjoying him. Anyway, that's it. Bye. Who did she mention that she would have liked to have gotten the draw? So a guy named an, a guy named Dave Fenoy, mm-hmm. and he is a voice actor that worked with Melissa Hutchison in the in the uh, in the first Walking Dead game they okay. did. Um, chapter season one of the game basically he was the uh he played lee uh who was the playable character in that game because you don't play as clementine until the second game you play as lee in the first game okay so he did the voice for him but dave fenoy in real life is a big dude with dreads like real dreads okay and he looks he just looks the part and but he's primarily a voice actor so i don't know how much like on screen real life acting he's done but a lot of people were saying just hire him he's perfect for it uh but of course they didn't and you know that's it but angie said she didn't like the armor which is weird because the armor that the kingdom guys wear is actually one of the things i really do like about it i thought it looked okay on tv um it's kind of a mix between a patchwork of different uh, things like hockey pads and maybe other sporting equipment. Um, and it, it sort of makes sense to me if you're running around in the zombie apocalypse, like you're not going to wear a t-shirt all the time. You might want to cover your arms because human teeth can't bite through a lot of Mm -hmm. fabric that easy. So the armor I thought looked pretty cool. I didn't think I had, I didn't have any problem with it on, on TV. Well, I think she was saying more that she just, she liked it more in in the comic or in the, yeah, in the comic yeah. than in, than on TV. See, I don't, I haven't read any of the comics, so yeah. I, I have no comparison to draw here. Um, so I can't say whether I think, I mean, I, to me, I, I thought the kingdom was presented well. I thought that Ezekiel was portrayed well, but again, I have no point of reference. If anything, me. the kingdom for me seems a little too, together like a little too comfortable like they've got classes for the kids going on Mm -hmm. they've got all those plants and crops growing um it seems like they're just living the easy life almost a little too much um but again alexandria was kind of like that at first too and so i can even sort of buy that but they do have it together you know they they they're smart enough to wear armor they're smart enough to grow their own food. The kingdom seems like a pretty decent-sized, thriving community. Yeah. Um, and you got to think something like that might happen in this zombie apocalypse. 
So it's not totally outside the realm of possibility is all I'm saying. And, 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 uh, it worked okay for me. And it wasn't something said in there. I think by Ezekiel was that he had, he had sort of basically taken it upon himself to lead these people into. Well, he had the and, tiger and people and, look at a guy with yeah. a tiger and go like, Oh, he must know what he's doing. Yeah, he's yeah. got a freaking and so, tiger. And so sort of he's led the charge and he's, yeah, like he's just managed to get these people together and yep. get things done, um, I guess, out of fear of a tiger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, not even and then fear, on, but like respect. Or respect, right? yeah. And then, um, you know, they're they're keeping or trying to keep the saviors happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're thriving in that, in the se- in a sense, because of their relationship with the saviors and yeah. they're, they don't, you know, they don't uh, cross any lines with them, do anything that's right. Well, they're know, not kosher. Yeah, yeah. And he's keeping, he's keeping that a secret, right? Which I also think they had just enough of that stuff in this yeah. episode to, to tie it back to what happened last week and what we're going to get more of next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was just enough of that to keep it interesting, right? It wasn't just about seeing what Morgan and Carol are up to and introducing Ezekiel. We got all that, but we also got a little bit to connect it to what's going on in the rest of the world, I guess. So, all right. Call coming from David in Brooklyn. Hey, Chris and Jason, this is David in Brooklyn. Um, Just wanted to touch base on a couple of things. First, uh, interesting to see that some of the knights in the kingdom uh, were carrying spears. And I was just wondering if maybe they're doing direct trade with the hilltop or if uh, it's all going through the saviors somehow. Um, but anyway, uh, interesting observation. The other thing was about uh, the tiger. Chris, you had asked um, if anybody has any specific knowledge about uh, onset animals and things like that. I don't. Uh, I haven't worked in the film industry in that way, but I did have some friends a long time ago who had a uh, private zoo. They took rescue cats. Um, people thought, you know, somebody who thought, oh, it'd be fun to have a leopard for a pet or something and then realized that's not such a good idea. Most of their animals were um, uh, came from that kind of situation. Anyway, they did have a tiger cub that they had, uh, or a tiger, a full-grown tiger, that they had raised from a cub and that would sometimes get used in movie and commercial shoots. However, the big thing, the big difficulty was always transporting the tiger. So maybe the um, uh, Walking Dead on set, they couldn't get a tiger to where they are. Whereas maybe if you were in uh, Los Angeles, you know, uh, it'd be more, something would be more readily available and be easy to transport. Um, but that's my theory anyway. Um, last thing, Jason, congratulations on the uh, birth of your child um you can hear my daughter here in the background ellie she just turned one year old and uh one year old and uh it's the best thing ever um so congratulations really uh all the best to you and your wife and uh and your uh, new addition to your family have a lot of fun with it it's a lot of work but it's the best okay guys thanks for the show keep up the good work and we'll talk to you soon bye thank you very much david it's too bad uh it's too bad Jason wasn't here to hear that, but I'll let him know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he, he knows it's the best thing ever. He's told me that already a couple of times. So, um, But let's go back to the tiger. First of all, private zoo. That's cool. Yeah. Someone who has a private zoo. Hmm. Um, and it sounds like you can ask for a tiger, 
but it's tough to actually deliver the tiger mm. because you don't just throw a tiger in your back seat like a dog and then no. drive it to the set. Because he'll and, maul you on the way. Well, probably. You know, if he's hungry Most or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess you can get tigers if you really need to, but Shiva in this episode was 100% special effect yeah i saw that um you had posted it but i'd seen it earlier on my facebook feed that article and i i didn't actually get a chance to look at it but or like it was i guess it was a video on how she was made yep 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 special so, effects i yep. mean it, it was sort of interesting because they actually model her up from like skeleton to muscle cool. structure yeah i have to and look then, at that uh, the skin and the fur and stuff like that it was sort of neat and I got to admit, I thought the tiger looked okay. I could, I could sort of tell she wasn't real. There were just little bits here and there where I'm like, oh, that didn't quite move right or something. Or even, but, even the facial expressions yeah. at moment, I, I thought looked so digital, much more digital than like they didn't look real to me. They looked certainly. better than they did when yeah. we saw Shiva in the trailer back okay. in the summer, but still not. 100 percent photorealistic tiger but but pretty good and again like if, if it's going to be that tough to get a tiger like i'll be surprised if we actually see much of the tiger going forward they'll just put her in maybe in the background mm. distance shots where you know you don't need so much detail maybe she'll be just off screen like if we have ezekiel there and he's standing she will be sitting beside off him or something like that yeah. and you'll mm -hmm. hear her purring <laughs> or growling or whatever tigers do um things like that you know and then there's there's probably going to be some big like tiger kill at some point and that'll be where all the tiger budget goes which I, i'm looking all the tiger budget. i'm looking forward to that that's going to be awesome so yeah. hopefully that does happen tiger takes a walker's head off yeah that'll be wicked so mm -hmm. one more call before we get into our emails this is christine in northwest england Hi guys, it's Christine calling in from Northwest England. Just wanted to give a big holy crap that I need that. After last week's torture and drama and sadness, it was nice to have an episode. We needed the kingdom. We needed Ezekiel and his craziness and Shiva and her awesomeness. And we just needed just the levity that the episode brought. I know it's not going to be rainbows and butterflies from here on out, but it was nice just to sit back watch an episode and enjoy it and know that there wasn't going to be any Negan or Lucille or killing or just any of that. But I know next week it's probably back to the heartache, but it was good while it's lasted. Talk to you later. Bye. There was some zombie killing. Yeah. Some, yeah. But that's like, that's par for the course. Right. You can't. On this show. Like you can't have an episode with those, without a zombie getting his head taken off. Or no. Face. Taken out. Face, Face. cut off. Ooh, that was oh my god, that was gross. <laughs> I thought. Although it was after good. last, after the premiere, I was like, yeah, I can handle anything now. But somebody <sighs> else pointed out last uh, last time that you know cutting someone's face off doesn't really get to the brain. No, not I mean, really. Unless you cut the whole front of the skull. Well, it off. was quite a bit, so they might have got. I don't think that, but I don't think the zombie went down from that. I think they also went like didn't they? jab him after well, i don't know if we I saw like it go down but i, I think the implication yeah. was cut the face off and it was they got the frontal lobe well i don't know i don't know anyways it, it was a pretty cool effect thank you christine for the call all right you start with the first email all here. Right. so we've got michael from london mm -hmm. i've googled and followed hashtags to see if anyone else agreed with me however i seem to be alone in thinking this episode was really dull 
Don't get me wrong. Love the bit where Ezekiel opened up to Carol and I thought Lenny James acted as well as he normally does, but this was bloody boring. (laughs) I normally like the episodes where we go back to following another part of our group who have split up, but this bored the life out of me. So Michael's not the only one. Yeah, he's not alone in this at all, as as you've heard from some of our calls. Yeah, we we heard from the other listeners. Definitely not the only person, Michael. Um, But this is, I think this has been a slightly polarizing episode in that Mm. regard. You know, there's some people that just don't understand what we're doing here. And and, um, I mean, oh, I shouldn't say that. They, They get it, but maybe they're just, it's not for them, right? And then there's the others that need the break and are interested in meeting the new characters and this is an okay way to do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Short email here from Jackie in SoCal. Melissa McBride is a genius drama action comedy. She does it all. <laughs> she really does. She's yeah. very good. She's extremely shy in real life, but yeah, but she apparently. can do everything on screen. Yeah. So very cool. Good for her. Some really, some of the best actors are very shy in real life. Yeah. And they just come alive on screen or on stage. Melissa McBride's one of them. Yep. Um, Andy from the UK. Just a quick question. I was slightly confused as to the intentions of feeding the pigs up on walker meat. Was it an attempt to poison the saviors or just an attempt to fatten up the pigs, thus making them more impressive and appreciated by the saviors without using up valuable food resources of their own? I think probably the latter, but what do you think? Well, my assumption was that they were feeding them the uh, zombie meat to make the pigs not uh, edible by humans. And they were basically sending pigs full of rotting flesh over to the saviors in in an attempt to make them sick. But but I get the I get the confusion here because Mm -hmm. that hasn't really been a thing on the show and people have coated themselves in zombie guts you know more than once yeah but they haven't ingested they try not to ingest it but i mean things soak through your skin a little bit right and it's pretty tough to get it all over your face and not get any in your mouth i I would think um but 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 i so i can see what andy is saying here it was a bit i wasn't a hundred percent clear on it Either. But but at the same time, I didn't I didn't really think of the other option until Andy's email, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of in that they were just trying not to waste resources, yet still fatten up the pigs so that the saviors would be happier. Well, yeah, because they're not gonna waste their food on the saviors' pigs. What they're doing is they're they're giving them what they want without expending quite as many of their own resources, which is genius. Actually, it's really smart the, mm-hmm. on the part of the kingdom people and Ezekiel. Um, and maybe it's just an added bonus that they might actually be poisoning them because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone knows the saviors are kind of dicks. Yeah. So, um, so Andy, I, I gotta say, I don't know if I have a perfect answer for you. My assumption was that they were actually doing it to poison them, but I think your second option here makes just as much sense, right? They're just, they're just doing it as a way to keep the peace Sort of, and and not, and not use up as many of yeah. their own resources. Yeah. So, really, really good, really good theory. Uh, if anyone else has any thoughts on that one, I'd I'd love to hear it. Um, next, Dan in Columbus, Ohio, says, "Congrats to Alana Masterson, Josh McDermott, and Christian Serratos on being promoted to main cast. I'm excited to see all 
of their characters' roles expand, especially Terra. She could have been killed off if they wanted to, but they've kept her around. They must have some good plans for her. And I think what Dan is getting at is that their names were in the opening credits. I think. Oh, were they? Well, I'm not 100% sure. I didn't have a chance to go back and look, but I think they were. I think they were. You know what? I think I remember seeing Christian Serrato's um, name in there. Yeah. And the way they do this is they... A certain group of actors are considered the principal cast, mm-hmm. and then the rest are considered the supporting cast. And I, I think the principals actually are the ones that are listed in the opening credits. Usually, that's how shows do it. So if their names were added, then uh, look at that promotion for those three. Now, was Tom Payne's name in there, or I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Uh, I'll bet you by the end of the season yeah. it yeah. will be. Yeah. Well, sorry, it might not be in there, but by the end of the season, he will have received that promotion. And for season eight, assuming Jesus is still alive on yeah. the show, for season eight, he will he'll be in the opening credits. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, uh, I didn't even think to look at the opening credits as we were watching on. They Sunday. change them up every year, a little bit, not always, but they change them up. Mm-hmm. And often the um, the image, the imagery on screen in a way relates to the name that's on screen at that time. Like I think a while ago they used to have when Rick's name yeah. came up, they'd have his Python gun and stuff like that. So, yeah. I remember that. So that, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's cool. Good for them. And we're going to get episodes or at least one explaining where Tara and Heath have been. So Tara's going to get her, her chance. Yeah. Alana Masterson. Okay. So we have uh, an email from Anwen. From Dunedin, New Zealand. I hope I'm pronouncing the name. Yeah, there's a and few. The place, there's right? a few things we can mispronounce there. Anwen. Anwen and, and Dunedin. Dunedin or I'm Dunedin. Dunedin or Dunedin or anyway. Dune. 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 Let's just get rid of the din. Dune, New Zealand. Call it Dune. Yeah. yeah. Just finished watching season seven, episode two. What a breath of fresh air after last week's horrors. I was pretty traumatized by the uh, premiere, right? Because it it said finale. I think he means premiere. Yeah. I was pretty traumatized by the premiere and almost reluctant to watch this week, but I'm back on board and excited to see where the show is going. I adore Ditsy Carroll and Ezekiel was fantastic. Their scenes together were captivating. They were, they were weird. I mean, they were strange, I, but I'm glad they did the whole, I'm glad they did the thing with Carol where she, she decided every, everything was just nuts in this yes. place yeah. because it was, it is kind of nuts. It was a little yeah. crazy and you could tell that even Morgan thought so, but Morgan was with it enough to think, all right, we just got to play along yeah. and maybe it'll work out here or maybe we'll leave. Yeah. Uh, Carol just wants to be on her own all the time. Cause after that first scene of her meeting Ezekiel and she's like, I have no idea what's going on in the most wonderful way. I think she said, and then, they leave and she turns to Morgan like, you've got to be kidding me. She calls and it a he, fantasy land. Yeah. And yeah. he's looking, he's looking at her like, yeah, I know. It's weird. Well, exactly. Let's just, let's just see what, what happens here. Um, and if there's one thing some of these characters have learned, it, I think it's don't rock the boat. <laughs> you yeah. know well and, you, and morgan's definitely learned that when you show up somewhere, even if it's weird, if they're friendly, which mm-hmm. these people are, you know, don't call them crazy people because they're not going to like that. Yeah. Well, Morgan's really good at not rocking the boat or like he tries his best, I think. 
Well, kind not, of. It kind of. It depends on the situation. Then he, then he ties a guy up in the basement and... Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did like... I have to say, I did like the scene between Carol and Ezekiel where he's kind of telling her, don't bullshit a bullshitter and... And, um, at the end, you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to say that I thought that they, I don't know, and I might be reading too much into it, but like I could see them becoming friends. I don't know why. I just, that whole scene, the way they set it up and the way they talked, I was like, Carol yeah. and Ezekiel? Yeah. I was like, yeah, they might be friends someday. I don't know. I just, the way it was set up and the way they talked. Well, he was very kind of like on the level with her, like, look, I get it, and I get what your yeah. deal is. I get you, sort of thing. Yeah, and then he shows up at the end, right, with the yeah, pomegranate? Yeah, yeah, And um, I didn't put it in here, but another listener um, said uh, he knows a booty call when he sees it. <laughs> so, I don't know about that. <laughs> but maybe uh, our next email You really from- gotta have this pomegranate. Yeah. <laughs> Our next email from Claudia in London, UK, uh, along those lines says, there is a new cuckoo in the show by the name of Ezekiel. He's funny, though. Some people are saying he will be a love match for Carol, uh-huh. but I want to see Michonne and Ezekiel. Don't you agree that their re- that her relationship with Rick has no chemistry at all? I don't get it. They, I, I, I do agree. I think that uh, Michonne and Rick's our relationship is extremely awkward on screen. Yeah, except that. Leading up to it, do you not remember as we were watching it? I was like, they are totally getting together. Come on. They're yeah, yeah. totally going to hook up. I kept saying it. And you're like, no. And I'm like, yep, Michonne and Rick. Michonne and Rick. I'm, just watch. And sure enough, because I felt like they were setting us up for something. And now I feel like they're doing the same with Carol and Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. It's funny because Claudia said, I, you know, some people are saying that he's a love match for Carol. See, I didn't want to go that far. I just wanted to say they'll be friends. But yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think he, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, no, to be honest, not. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but I also agree that Michonne and Rod and Rick are super awkward. Which I'll be honest, I wish I could have talked about on the panel I moderated. Oh with, uh, yeah, because you moderated Deny Deny Guerrera, yeah, and and Chandler Riggs. But that's just I I am not good enough a moderator no. to do something like that that would have been just weird <laughs> it would and when i did bring up their relationship it got big cheers from the audience so there are a lot of people out there that that like that. them together yeah 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 I, I i'm trying to remember back on their scenes i just i don't know i feel like i called it and not to show off here or anything but i was like leading up there were like little hints mm-hmm. like they were gonna lead to that i don't know why well they're good friends they yeah. respect each other and carl and michonne have a close relationship so yeah she can't get together with carl that would not be that right would just so be she like, gets together whoa. with his dad yeah. <laughs> there you go all right so katie from san jose california Regarding Carol's visions of walkers becoming people again, it has been a long time since the characters on the show have acknowledged the fact that all these old, cruddy-looking walkers used to be regular people. It was really cool to see the walkers in their previous human forms, even if only for a moment in a fever-induced hallucination. That said, that scene was a bit out of character for Carol. Of all people, she would be the last person that would expect to see the walkers with an ounce of compassion or dignity. She's way too tough for that kind of sentimentalism. Um, 
I'm just going to say, I think, I think she was just seeing it in a fever induced state. Like she was, she was wounded Mm -hmm. and she was probably like having infection and a bit feverish. Yep. So I, I don't think that it necessarily has anything to do with her as a person that she's seeing it. It's just, it's just a product of her fever. Yeah. But I was thinking now she didn't appear to be as in badly injured as we thought because she seemed to recover very quickly yeah uh but if you think about maybe she's she was a little closer to death than usual like that can that can change a person i would think um you know if she's in a state where she might not survive that's what was going on in her brain and i feel like that could kind of explain it but uh carol has been become pretty hard and you know, uh, ruthless towards, towards the zombies and anyone who gets in her way, really. So Mm -hmm. it does feel like of all people, she would be the last one that would kind of have this kind of hallucination. But you know, if she's on her deathbed or she's just not thinking straight, um, anything can, can happen, I would think. So thank you, Katie. Next up is Holly in Devon, UK. Hey guys, just finished listening to this week's episode and I had a thought. Who was Lucille's victim from the kingdom? We know Negan kills someone from each group he comes into contact with to scare them into a deal. And maybe for this group, it was Ben's dad. Ben tells Morgan he died in some sort of gunfight clearing a building and that his death is why the king is now more pacifist or careful. Hmm. But maybe Ben's dad was killed by Negan out of camp and his death affected the king just like Glenn and Abe's death will affect Rick. It is kind of interesting. Like, why would we need to know about Ben's dad at all since he's he's died off screen before yeah. we met any of these people? Yeah. Unless maybe he was the one who got Negan took down when yeah. he first encountered the kingdom. Hmm. I think that's a pretty solid theory. Yeah. Interesting observation. And we might find yeah. out more. Mm-hmm. Dave from Markham wrote, I wanted to comment on the incident of Carol burying the zombie at the end. Last season, there was a conflict of ideals between Carol and Morgan of kill or do not kill. Over the course of the season and this episode, both of their views moved from the extremes towards meeting in the middle. Morgan expressed that ex- that explicitly in this episode when he stated his, when he stated his stick would not have saved Carol and of his talk of being lost again after thinking he had figured it out. During Here's Not Here, the Cheesemaker episode, Morgan and Eastman buried the zombies they killed, and I have a vague memory that Eastman went through their pockets to try and give them a name. I feel this scene with Carol is definitely echoing back to that episode. I see Carol burying the zombie at the end as her realizing these zombies were once people and accepting her vision from from the beginning of the episode and in some ways restoring her humanity. In this sense, I think it makes the story stronger that the zombie slash people she saw at the beginning were not her past victims haunting her, but her realizing that these zombies were once just people. So that's sort of going back to what Katie was saying. It was a quick scene at the end. She goes in, she kills the old lady in the house, and then you see her out in the front yard burying her. And yeah, I mean, it does make sense. You're, you're moving into her house, basically. You're going to live there. So yeah. she buries her outside. 
Um, and it was a nice bookend to the episode, kind of Carol hallucinating at the beginning, seeing real people and then killing the zombie and treating her like a real person. Yeah. Um, which again, Carol might not really be inclined to do most of the time. So, um, you know, I was sort of thinking about this a little bit and I have a feeling that Carol might be, uh, we might not see much of Carol for a while. Um, this season, I feel like this was kind of her episode to uh, to be not written off, but just uh, be sort of put to bed for a little while. Like, you know, Carol's had her problems. She's kind of sorted things out. She's met someone who is playing a character like she has been for a long time. And and he came clean to her. You know, and she wanted to leave, but Ezekiel said, maybe you can, you, you don't have to be in the kingdom. You can be near the kingdom kind of thing. You can leave without actually leaving. Mm -hmm. And so they've given her this house. They've given her some peace for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if Carol is not a big part of season seven or maybe the first half of season seven. Well, yeah. And, and just that scene between her and Morgan as they got to the house for her. It almost felt like they were saying goodbye to each other. Totally. You know, it was a very, not final, it felt sort of final, not completely final, but you know, um, I yeah, I, I, I got that sense too, that like, I actually was thinking that, that, that was meaning that Carol, we're not going to see Carol for, yeah, it's, for it's she's not gone. She's not gone forever. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll pop in and out of an episode here or there. Um, but when you think about what else is going on, you've got the kingdom, you've got, we've got the hilltop and we've got Alexandria, we've got things going on in all of those places. Um, and we, uh, you know, and we have to deal with the saviors and, and, you know, everything that's going on with them. And so Carol is kind of near the kingdom, but she's not part of the kingdom and I feel like she's just going to live a peaceful life in that house for a little while until something changes and she can get woven back into the story a little bit. So, except that Ezekiel did find did show up at her door at the end. So he, he did, but that was that was more for uh, I don't know, just a, a lighthearted ending kind of than mm. anything else. I mm-hmm. I feel like so. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, moving on here, we've got Chris in the UK. Hi, Chris and Jason. An episode of The Walking Dead that doesn't leave me needing therapy. I'd forgotten there was such a thing. (laughs) This is going to sound really odd, but Carol is on quite the streak for missing out on the really bad things that happened to our group. She wasn't there when Lori died. She wasn't there to see or hear Andrea bite the big one. She wasn't there for the attack on the prison. She saw it from a distance. She wasn't held captive in Terminus. She missed the final attack of the termites in the church. And she missed last week's fun in the forest. I think Morgan has the right idea. If you hang around with Carol rather than Rick, you might miss the worst things that go on. (laughs) I know she's been there for some stuff, the wolves and the herd and Alexandria, but still, she's more likely to miss it. It's interesting. Well, lucky Carol. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's missing the worst of it. Lucky Carol. (laughs) She's a lucky lady. There you go. Yeah. All right, next up. 
Uh, Mike from Midnight Jury Podcast in Philadelphia wrote, Okay, time to break down the stupidity of the tiger. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's assume it has been a year or two since the outbreak began. Let's also assume it took about half that time for the kingdom to be established as its residents meet each other and build a community. That leaves six months to a year where King Ezekiel had this tiger beside him roaming Georgia. Tigers eat up to 25 pounds, sometimes more, of meat a day. How did King Ezekiel find this much food every day? Maybe he fed him walkers. Maybe maybe fed Shiva walkers. You never. Know. You know what? If the pigs can eat, the pigs can eat anything. Yeah. But maybe you can eat walker meat. Like maybe yeah. a human couldn't, but maybe animals can. Animals have um, different constitutions than people, right? Yeah. You can feed a dog raw chicken. It's totally fine. Yeah. Which I I, I've always thought was weird. No, but you can. You can. So maybe tigers can eat rotting yeah. zombie flesh. When did, uh, or sorry, I'm going to continue reading (laughs) after that. When he did not find all of this disposable meat, how did he get this tiger from attacking him or going after infected zombies or infected animals on the ground? A few days without sustainable meat and a tiger will attack anyone for food, including its handler. But let's say that King Ezekiel got the kingdom built and somehow had all this somehow had all this meat until the kingdom was fully established. This community is willing to part with 25 pounds of good meat a day to keep this tiger alive instead of killing the tiger for its own meat. They already are giving half of their stuff to Negan, but in their cut of what they get to keep, this whole community is okay with parting 20 with 25 pounds of meat a day it is ridiculousness like this that seriously makes me doubt the show's writers i truly hope that they explain this gaping plot hole that doesn't seem worth it for a cartoon tiger to be on my television screen well i don't think they're going to and i think i'm afraid you're going to have to suspend your disbelief the tiger's just awesome i just feel like yeah (laughs) the tiger's there because a tiger looks cool he looks cool and the fact that (laughs) it needs to eat 25 pounds of meat a day is probably um uh probably something we're not going to get an explanation for and i know that's annoying and it bothers me a little bit too um but the tigers in the comics which comic and tv are different mediums you can probably be more forgiving in a comic i would think but the same problems apply there too I've I've learned to sort of suspend my disbelief in, on this show. I mean, well, that's what you have to a, do. Sometimes. It's a show about a zombie apocalypse. I know, but do you want which is not a real thing. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Here's the thing. You want in a show like this, and in almost any show, yeah, you want one key element to be fantastical. To be, yeah, and then everything else has to be based in reality. That's yes, right. I get it. Yeah. Right? So there's the one key thing that you you just accept, that you give in and say, "Okay, that's what's going on. That exists in this world." And then you want everything else to be a realistic um depiction of the way the characters deal with that one unrealistic thing, right? In The Walking Dead, it's the fact that there are zombies roaming around. Yeah. So the Walking Dead has had its problems with character decisions and other things yeah, like that. For sure. But now they've introduced a tiger, mm-hmm. which is still alive and not eating people and yes. being fed presumably not going on a crazy rampage. Twenty five yeah. pounds of meat a day, and it seems 
kind of ridiculous to think that that's after zombies, that's the next thing that you're going to be like, oh, that that's so not true. <laughs> but it it, it kind of is. Yeah. But you're just going to have to uh, let it go. And I don't know, maybe Shiva's going to get killed off really quick. And then they won't have to worry about it anymore. I still say zombie meat. I don't know. Like, uh, Yeah, that's the other thing. Maybe a tiger can eat like zombie maybe meat. It's totally eat- fine. Yeah. There's a virtually unlimited supply of that. Yeah. So. Like just, she just, he just sets her loose in a field of walkers and she just goes nuts. Cause those walkers, like they're not going to eat her. She's too powerful. She's like, well, trampling. a crowd of walkers take down, takes down a horse pretty easy. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So then they have it in a controlled environment, much like they had with the pigs, right? They would have like but a you, bunch of walkers tied up. You put, and, you put uh Shiva in a big pen with one zombie. I don't think that zombie has a chance. No way. No. Like that but I'm thinking even like zombie. a few. You put a few like tied up. Oh, tied so up. She sure. can just go to town and tied eat up, them totally. all. But yeah, I don't. Yeah. Who knows? Um, you don't even. You know what? You don't even need to put the zombies in there walking around. You can kill them or cut their heads off. Exactly. Or and then throw their bodies in. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think, you know. Shiva's mainly there to make Ezekiel look like a badass or a badass, like a, yeah, a badass. Like he's got a tiger. Look at me. I got a tiger. Listen, I, I rock. We've been trying <laughs> to explain the tiger for this long. You cannot accuse us of not taking this show seriously. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyhow, Shiva, let's say Shiva eats zombie meat. Yeah. I, I can't really explain any other way. Although, yeah, I don't know knows maybe they have a lot of pigs and they fatten them up with the zombie meat and then that's okay for her to eat i don't know all right one more email Mm -hmm. becky and wyatt in st louis um now their email comes because jason and i a couple nights ago especially jason was talking about the fact that in the kingdom they were uh they were growing crops in um filing cabinets and he was like why would you use filing cabinets and not just the ground it's covered in dirt everywhere you look there's dirt and he's think he thought filing cabinets weren't practical because and stuff like that is infected no but you're digging it out of the ground and putting it in the filing cabinet probably <laughs> becky and wyatt write right write in and say the benefits of container gardening in the zombie apocalypse and there's oh, kind of awesome. kind of point form here so variety and control you can grow plants that may not be suitable to grow in your garden soil and grow plants next to each other, even though you may have different soil needs. You are in control of the soil, water, and light. You can bring the garden indoors, like, and grow bananas in Montana. (laughs) Interesting example. Or Toronto. Also, saves on water. Hmm. Productivity. You maximize the space you have because you have a vertical garden, sort of. Uh, If the plant gets a disease, it won't spread to the entire garden. Also, fewer pests, less work, less maintenance, easier on the body, and no <clears throat> heavy gardening tools or equipment needed. No weeding and an extended harvest time. So apparently there's all kinds of reasons to grow to grow plants in filing cabinets so, if you can do it. So Becky and Wyatt are are gardeners, apparently. Like they They're filing cabinet gardeners. No, but like <laughs> Maybe. I think they're just gardeners, safe mm-hmm. to say. Well, safe to assume, I mean. Yeah, I feel like they Know they must know about. what they're doing in the garden compared mm-hmm. to me. I'm completely hopeless. I like to say I have a black thumb. Yeah. I just kill everything. Well, how come Sad. all of our gardening, except for like cutting the grass, is up to you? 
because I don't want to do it. <laughs> I I don't have time for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the biggest problem. Really, I should. I wish our neighbor could just come over and. Our neighbor is an amazing gardener. She uh, has a beautiful garden, and I constantly apologize to her about how much our garden sucks. And she's so nice. She's like, she's retired, so she's like, "Oh, you have kids. You're busy. Don't don't feel bad about it. You guys have kids, full time jobs. Yes, like three podcasts a week to record. <laughs> I mean, how are you going to spend out any time? You outside? have three podcasts a week. I'm still yeah. working on getting one fully one, full one. Yeah, so. For myself. Uh, but it is true. We live next door to this woman who has a beautiful, oh, beautiful. garden, beautiful yard. And then you go back to our jungle sad. back there and you, <laughs> you can walk out in the backyard and get lost for three days. Uh, all right. Thank you to everyone who Thanks. wrote and called in. It's always amazing to hear from you. Um, and, uh, that is going to do it for the feedback for season seven, episode two. Um, I'm going to be in Florida on Monday, I just realized. So we will be recording a podcast. I guess I'll be recording from the remote Talking Dead traveling studio once again. In Orlando. In Orlando, Florida. Uh, and as I always say when I travel, if you're a listener from there and you see me walking around, make sure you say hi. <laughs> no one's ever said hi when I go on a, a business trip. You've got to wear the podcast t-shirt like like the every whole day time you're uh, there you gotta get multiples so you can wear one yeah, every no, i can day. wear the same one it'll just oh, i just i just great. don't have i won't have to pack as much it's great or you just get a t-shirt made that says i am chris uh that might attract unwanted attention <laughs> i don't know um, Anyways, so I just realized that, but we'll be watching episode three on Sunday. I hope my hotel gets AMC. That'd be convenient. I and won't then, be watching it because you won't be here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I always get traumatized. You got to wait a whole week. So, ah, uh, man, I got to. I'll watch it during the day. We will record Monday. something uh, on Monday, and uh, so that'll be out hopefully at the usual time. And otherwise, if you want to continue to get in touch with us, visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com and click on the Send Voicemail button to record a message straight into your computer. And uh, you can send emails to TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheTalkingDead or on the Twitter at TalkingDead. Don't forget, we are running our Season 7 Record Your Favorite Scene contest. So we've got a few entries already. We'll play another one on Monday's show and uh, keep sending those in. So record yourself performing any scene from any season or episode of The Walking Dead and uh, send it in at the end of the season. We'll pick our favorite and you will win a fantastic prize pack. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite cool. things that we do. Can on I here. enter? Uh, you can no, record something, but you're not going to win. Although it would <laughs> save me on shipping. <laughs> Which would be nice. <laughs> I might record something just for fun, but uh, I won't enter sure. the contest because that's not fair. Well, you can enter. No, but I'm, not I'm not gonna going to let you win. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so so get those entries in. Uh, use your phone. Use your computer. Whatever, uh, and record it and email it to us. Talking Dead Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, and when you do all your shopping at Amazon. Click through our link first if you can. Visit the website, talkingdeadpodcast.com slash Amazon. Click on the store of your choice and uh, a tiny cut of every purchase you make comes back to us. And we super, super duper appreciate it. So 
All right, that's enough. Uh, We'll be back on Monday, Jason and I. Until then, my name is Chris. And I'm Christina. Thanks for listening. Thanks.